Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook for something new. Think Something Blue by Anita Kay. Please don't hump my lamb. Dude, I am seven fingers in the Jim Beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face. Your next comedian coming to the stage. He's so funny. He's such a hoot. And making yeah, sure let me shove this about. baby out of my out of my juiced up jibs and then Stoner and the Fat Man. Fuck you, Mark. Fuck you, everybody. <laughs> Hello, folks. Welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. An exciting show today. I uh, Months ago, I was given the opportunity to uh, work at Morty's Comedy Joint in Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, they kind of gave me my choice of who I wanted to work with. And uh, as soon as I looked at the calendar... And I saw that Jake Johansson was going to be here. That's the one I snatched up. He, uh, big influence on my comedy. Uh, I've loved watching him since he first started. And I just uh, really enjoy his writing and his cadence. And uh, it's just been a fun week, you know. He's a really nice guy. I mean, the minute he walked into the green room and I met him, like... I, I haven't stopped laughing all week, so it uh, truly was an honor and a pleasure to have him on my podcast, and uh, it uh, it was a really good time, so I'm excited to share it with you guys. So uh, up next is uh, my interview with Jake Johansson on the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. Hope you guys enjoy it. How you do it. Well, we're we're recording, so okay, good. So this technically <laughs> this, we could be this, this could be us doing it this, right now. This could this could be the beginning of the the pre-show to the intro. <laughs> you could put this of on, the and show. then you, at some point you cut from this, and you go, "That was some funny nonsense," See? and then you interrupt and go, "Well, we weren't really good at getting it started." <laughs> So now I'm telling you that we're getting it started, even though that conversation already happened and it's over. But now the two of us are going to talk really. Do you real. ever have like on your podcast? Do you ever have like deleted audio that you have like at the end? You know, sometimes like, this is stuff yes. you cut out. I've off, I don't say that it is. It just happens. <laughs> it's just. Uh, but I'll stick it on at the end. Or the last episode that i did which who knows how many episodes ago it will be compared to when this airs because how many this, episodes have you done on your show i've done 110 episodes holy crap as of right now and they're all like over an hour uh some of them are a little less okay some of them are a little less but on average they're over an hour i usually i usually try to when it's just me i'll do like a half hour because I don't know who wants to listen to me yammer I don't for an know hour. who wants to listen to podcasts all the time. <laughs> yeah. I can't completely figure out why I'm doing it, um, except that I enjoy it. Yeah. And someone's enjoying it. I can tell. I mean, I shouldn't say I can't figure out who yeah. wants to listen to it, because i got a pretty good idea yeah. where they live <laughs> when you go to the... If, you put yours up on... Uh, if the, you know where... Actually, i got to... <laughs> should I talk while you're going yeah. to do that? Okay. This, this mic Do you have to so, leave the room? This mic is so good that uh, when the lights are on, it buzzes. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, nice. So you just turned the lights off, so now we're sitting here sort of in the... It's not dark, but wait, we're sitting in a very dark part of the room. And, uh, and the rest of the room is like, here's some breakfast dishes Jake, over there. I think it's time for me to up. tell you that I don't have a podcast. <laughs> this is this has all been a ruse to get you down to my room in the okay, darkness. Okay, well then let's talk about your feelings for me. Okay. No, it's... Uh, I, I can't understand it. I've put tens of dollars into this podcast, so... Yeah, I think, I think if you throw a little money at this problem, you're going to be able to get a mic that doesn't buzz when the lights are on in your hotel room. But I'm no sound engineer. I just know I've had great luck. <coughs> well, I mean, this is better than, you know, just uh, sitting in a loud bar with somebody putting a little phone or a tape recorder down on the bar. Well, do you have your do you have an iPhone? I do. Yeah, yeah so you can get a, some pretty good rec- recording apps. Oh man. For that and they can sound they don't buzz when you have the light on. <laughs> I'm just saying. There you got we got one mic that we're we both do. 3 feet away from and you I almost I feel like you're you're doing this just because it looks more professional than your phone. But yeah. you might as well just put your phone down because <laughs> The sound quality you're going to get from Truthfully, the phone could be better. It's possible. I mean, when I listen to some guys' podcasts and are doing recordings, they're like talking about being in the in the green room with their phone, and they sound pretty good. So yeah, Who's I podcasts feel are those? Who's doing a podcast in the green room? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have. I can tell you. I don't know the number right now of that episode, <laughs> but there is an episode that I did in the green See, room with my phone. For me, last night hanging out with you and Miss Pat in the green room was like one of the coolest experiences just to be around like you know two people that are really funny did you like when you were a younger comic did you ever find yourself in the room with like famous people that you looked up to and and yeah they well, were cutting it up and you were like oh, this is just amazing <laughs> it you know? yeah me and this pat were cutting it up last night weren't we i am still gonna laugh <laughs> I gotta learn stuff about white people, like cats. <laughs> yeah, Miss Pat, she's funny. I think she knows more about uh, white people than she lets on. But uh, it is that cross-cultural race thing. As two white guys sitting in a dark hotel, you know, this is not a thing that black this, guys would do. I don't think it is. No, no, they uh, they're out in the sunlight. They're doing. I don't know things. what they're doing, but it's not this. Um, yeah, well, when I started doing stand-up in San Francisco in the uh, 80s, remember the 80s, everybody? Yeah. <laughs> Surely you've seen TV shows about it. Um, the headliners, <coughs> well, Robin Williams started out there. Oh, so shit. You would see yeah. him. He wasn't, I mean, that was after he was already famous, but he would still be show up at clubs sometimes and be backstage. So how long was around. he like uh, uh, in the spotlight when you took? took to do on stand-up he was that was after mork and mindy and kind of before oh, good morning vietnam but so he was uh, up there he was super famous i heard a story and i don't know if this is true but is it true that uh sitcom the way sitcoms were filmed were changed because of robin williams and mork and mindy i heard some story that said that before mork and mindy they used to shoot sitcoms with two cameras one for the wide shot and one for the close-ups but he would run around so much that they couldn't get a handle on him. So they had a third camera 
that was his entire job was to follow Robin Williams. Yeah, well, I rec- I read a uh, an interview or a or a re, you know, because Robin just yeah left the game. Um, I read an uh, a interview with the guy who was the producer of Mork and Minnie at the time, and he said actually I think it was three cameras that they would have, and he got a fourth camera that just followed Robin around all oh, the time okay. because Robin was improvising, and so I think now most sitcoms do have four cameras, but. The real, I don't know if they changed how all sitcoms are made, but they yeah. changed. Robin changed how that sitcom was being filmed because he was doing such yeah. crazy, interesting stuff that even, <laughs> even like, look, you can't take the camera off him when he's not talking because he might yeah. do something good that's not in the script. I can't imagine being the guy on the board during that show. Like, what, what camera? Are we going to at this point? Well, uh, except that they don't do it live. That's that's how they do live shows. But with a sitcom, there might be a guy on the board who's t- who's guessing what camera they're going to yeah. use. But then they go in after it's over and then go back and and cut it how they want it. Yeah, I suppose they had the camera on them the whole time, just rolling, and then they yeah, they're just all just that they're all rolling, la- you know, later yeah. on or whatever. Yeah, they're all rolling. Do well, do you good. want me? To, I can explain more about how. <laughs> films and TV shows are made but yeah they have four cameras and they're all rolling the whole time and then so some some know, of what some of the cameras Jake. have is I don't just know junk anything. because <laughs> I'm, I'm featuring in, in Indianapolis this weekend after well if we had a little more time well, maybe even after this we'll just go on Amazon or the internet and I'll show you what you should have bought instead of this oh man I don't want to make you feel bad. Look, I came down. Look, where's my life at? Yeah. I came I, down to your room to have this experience. <laughs> and I still don't regret I it. Really, I really appreciate it, you know, because uh, when I first started out, man, you were one of the guys that I looked up to, and, and it was like you and, and Brian Regan and, and George Carlin. They were, I don't know, man. I just, I really enjoyed your cadence. Yeah, I wonder what sad hotel room Brian Regan's in right now. <laughs> Is did you ever hear that story about him in Montreal? Was that a real story? <laughs> I don't know. I don't he, know what uh, that story is. Apparently, he uh, he went up there right when he was breaking, like really having a lot of heat on his career, mm-hmm. and he got put up after Michael McDonald. And I don't know if you know who Michael McDonald is, but he's a huge comedian in Canada. Uh-huh. He's like, you know how big Russell Peters is now he was like that mm-hmm. big then so he uh, he People got are now on. going Russell who? <laughs> Russell Peters is so famous and giant but it's funny how when you talk to people in the audience mm-hmm. I don't that's not an insult to Russell Peters Russell Peters is awesome yeah. and tons of people know who he is but how the small world of comedy is like people ask you who are your favorite comedians and you tell them somebody like Dana Gould and they don't know who that is and you tell them <laughs> yeah. Pat Oswald and they don't know who that is so you decide well I'm going to go big yeah. and then you go Russell Peters they're like no I don't know who that is <laughs> what about uh, Dane Cook oh you yeah know. we know who he is maybe anyway finger. so he was up there Mike McDonald yeah. goes on so uh, he went up right after him and obviously he, he destroyed and then Brian went up and I guess he did like three or four jokes and it didn't go well and then he stopped and he said, I, I feel like I didn't start the right way, so I'm going to go off and I'm going to start again. And like he came back on and did the set again, and they still weren't laughing. 
and he goes, uh, I think I see the problem. And like he left again and started for the third time. And the crowd at this point were just like, we want this guy to just get off the stage. So we're going to laugh at everything he says. So like after 10 minutes, he felt like it was all sarcastic. And he was just like, forget it. I don't even care. And he just left. And apparently like he, did, he won't ever talk about it at all because it was such a scarring thing for him if it ever really happened i don't know if because you're asking me if it happened yeah i could say to you uncategorically i don't know (laughs) i don't know you've heard it here first i've never heard that story but i on a 16 dollar microphone this is how rumors get started doesn't know the next person i gotta remember now that you're the person who told me this the first time because what could happen is i'll run into you again and you go hey the the recycled story well no you'll come up to me and you'll say have you ever heard the rumor about the brian regan thing and i'll go you mean the mike mcdonald thing because i'll have forgotten that you're the one who told me and then we can collaborate it together corroborate it yeah (laughs) have you ever had that where god i don't know how many times i've done that or you work with all the same people all the time and you end up in the green room and everybody's you know trading road stories or whatever and you you know sometimes you forget that you've worked with them like six months ago and you told them the exact same story or that they were involved in the story that you're telling uh-huh. that that you were with them while you <laughs> yeah. yeah oh that's right you were the other guy yeah remember when we bought that kid's bike and hit that dog like I was working with this comic. Yeah, I was the guy. <laughs> no, no, this was a different guy. No, I drove you to Toys R Us. <laughs> Do you have a good Toys R Us story? I don't have any Toys R Us stories. Okay. Oh, man. What's your last good road story? My last good road story? Where were you? Where were you before this? I mean, did anything happen on this road trip? This Indianapolis, yeah. this has been such yeah. a short trip it's a very short thursday friday saturday we're kind of reminiscing about the week and we've only been together two nights (laughs) last week i did uh i did houston and it was pretty uh houston uh the joke joint showcase (laughs) (laughs) man i mean not to laugh i bet it's a great place i love houston i used to work at the laugh stop which then turned into a different move to another location and now i think went away and then I worked at the Improv, which got remodeled, and now is another thing, and used to be run by the guy who used to run the other place. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I. Well, what happened in Houston? How long were you at the Joke well, Joint Showcase? I was what there. What is it called? The Joke Joint Showcase. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which I think actually was the Laugh Stop. Oh, okay. They bought it and changed. It. Anyways, nothing really happened there. It was the the first night uh, that they I picked up a one nighter on the way down there in uh, Texarkana. Arkansas Mm -hmm. at the Electric Cowboy. (laughs) Sounds good. Who books that? (laughs) Heffron Talent. Have you worked for... It's not John Heffron. No, no. Uh, Heffron Talent. Brian Heffron, I think, is the owner. Uh Uh, (laughs) And Steve Talent. (laughs) Okay, go ahead. (laughs) My opener was Major Laughs. Um, Uh, Was that an army guy? Was he going in a... (laughs) I would love it if he went on in like a, a general's uniform with a helmet on and just yelled jokes at people the, and then abused them if they didn't laugh. Okay, Major Talent, there's your <laughs> workshop. This was a real guy that lived in Minneapolis. His name was Major Laughs. 
And you and know him? Kid, I have met him, yeah, but he I don't know where he is now. I'd assume he's dead. <laughs> I don't know. This is only a week ago. You think he's <laughs> No, dead? no, he he didn't actually open for me down there. I was just messing around. <laughs> but this guy you got a funny way of telling made... stories. <laughs> His tagline was that he was the lieutenant of comedy. He was Major Labs. Major Labs, the lieutenant of comedy. I see I can't keep track of how <laughs> But major's higher than lieutenant, isn't it? Or is lieutenant higher than I don't know? Colonel, I would I would assume general. it goes major general, lieutenant, okay. and there's a sergeant. I don't know. Anyways, so this uh, the opener that I was working with, a guy from Oklahoma City, he had driven to the club to check in, and it was board. It wasn't boarded up, but it was locked up in the afternoon. So he was like, "Well, this place must open at like seven or something like that." So he knew where it was. So we drove together, and he's like. All right, go down this road, take a so left. So you're in the hotel take together. A left. Yeah, we're at the same hotel. Uh-huh. And uh, we literally took a left into a forest. <laughs> and I go, there's no way this is where the club is. And he's like, it is. Like two blocks down this dirt road, there's a giant bar called the Electric Cowboy. Uh-huh. And uh, there was 11 people there at the show. And after the show, they told us, Electric Cowboy is like... Uh, uh, um, a franchise. There's a bunch of them all over the country. Mm-hmm. And this it's one. It's funny is... that I've never been to an electric cowboy. <laughs> it's, it's probably good because it's a horrible place. But they uh, they said that they're famous because they have the most fights out of all the electric cowboys. Like, That's what I was going to say. So there's yeah. more teeth in the parking lot than there were people <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> that is that is a true story. Wow. And I was waiting for the other guy to get paid, and some guy that was about the same size as me came up to me, and he just started uh, saying stuff that made me feel like he wanted to punch me in the face for no reason. And uh, well, like, what would he say? He was like, uh, he just came up to me, and he and he goes. Uh, you don't seem like you're from around here. And I was like, no, I was the comedian. Oh, I bet you think you're funny. And I was like, oh, God, this is going downhill fast. Nope. <laughs> well, where were you at before this week? I, um, where was I? Last week, I was in, oh, my Lord. I was not here. I was in Raleigh, North Carolina. At uh, Charlie Goodnights. Charlie Goodnights, yeah. Yes. And my parents live in North Carolina. My daughter came with me because we visited my parents for a couple of nights. And then they came to Raleigh. And we all hung out together during the day. And then I did the shows at night. It was sort of idyllic, really. You know, just (laughs) passing away the time and waking up with your daughter in a hotel room. Well, that's an interesting thing to chat about because we're both... You know, comedians you have a married, now. and we both yeah. have daughters. Mm-hmm. And I was asking you some advice the other night about how to raise a daughter. And uh, and I was I was telling my wife the story you told me about the fire in the backyard thing, and <laughs> it just still makes me laugh. Like, why do you feel like this is my point of view? <laughs> this is well, safe. That was my wife thought it was okay for our daughter to have a little like a campfire in our backyard and you can't get far enough away from the houses or the trees in my opinion to be having a a campfire plus we live in a city yeah it would be like (laughs) it's like legal to have a fire Like if you were in new york or boston and you started a fire in your backyard (laughs) i feel like 
It would be Somebody like this is not wrong. okay. This is you can't do that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's. I, it, may, it may be legal. I think my neighbor one time when I was out of town. I mean, I I know he did because there was a guy staying at my house. So my neighbor decided that he he started a fire, kind of pretty close to our property line, and was burning trash like he burned a mattress. Oh, in his God. backyard, which is like next to my backyard, that had to smell horrible. I wasn't there, but yeah, and, and it and it gave off so much black smoke oh, that oh the God. fire department did show. Yeah, up. they did show up. He had one of those, not a chimenea, you know, those little um, uh, ceramic chimney things. Okay, it wasn't one of those. those he stuffed door. a mattress. In no, that he didn't. Thing? It wasn't that, but it was the version of that that's piece like a piece. a big metal dish, like big, but not that big, like like is. As big around as like this, like four, yeah. four and a half, five feet in diameter, and then it had a a wire cylinder that went around it. But I've he started his things to like at Walmart or Menards for yeah, like yeah. twenty dollars or it's something. It's like an out, it's an outside yeah. fireplace that you would have. But he decided he was going to repurpose that to as a as burn some trash, you know, because he had more trash than could fit as his can or whatever. And he when it got going, I don't know if he was drinking or high or whatever, but. <laughs> He decided that he would just go ahead and get rid of his mattress, too. This ma this old mattress. He didn't have the kind of car that could take a mattress to wherever it needs to go. So he thought, well, just burn it. That's a good idea. Uh, those things escalate so quickly, you know. It's well, like trash. I got I got half this fence over here that's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well yeah, throw we start, the mattress in there. you're burning things and you're having ideas and you're all by yourself... And you're having a couple of drinks and <laughs> glancing around the backyard. And he's totally oblivious to like it's a city. Like <laughs> there's there's a guy in my house, like working on a computer twenty eight <laughs> feet away from where this fire is. Wait, who was in your house? My friend Clark. Oh. My okay. friend Clark. Where do you live? You live in Santa Monica. Santa Monica? Okay. I don't like to give up my exact oh, sorry. address. Well, if you want on the on two two five Beach Lane, <laughs> wouldn't that be crazy if that was actually your address? It would be a <laughs> like, weird coincidence. How like, would you know? Hey, that's not cool. So, when your daughter was young, did she travel with you on the road? Because my wife and my daughter will come with me sometimes if it's um, a short trip. Yeah, we did that a few times. I found that to be pretty exhausting because especially when she was younger. This trip was good because my daughter's now 10. So yeah. she would just stay up until about 10 o'clock at night and then she could sleep until 9 in the morning. So, or, you know, she'd maybe stay up till 11, but she could sleep until 9. And if I got to bed by 1 or 2 and I slept till 9, I got a decent night's sleep and we were fine. But when she was littler, it would be like I would go to the show at 8 o'clock or 7.30 and they would eat and be in bed and asleep by 8.30 yeah. so they would wake up like little kids they wake oh, up yeah. at 6 in the morning 5 and they want to go yeah. they're ready to go and so it was super I hard that, I love that bit that you do where you're like I'm, I'm back. back yeah it's very sci-fi so because that's really how it is man and that was what was really exhausting for me was you know there, there's already enough of being on the road and yeah. getting up to go on the radio to reverse you know I was already when we had a kid used to the idea of like you're gonna sleep four hours and then you gotta get up yeah. and then you can take a nap later cause when she's little like she still takes naps yeah so you can like when <clears throat> I find um, that it has kind of messed up the road a little bit for me because when I'm home with my wife and my daughter like 
we'll hit the sack at like nine thirty or ten o'clock, yeah. you know, because my daughter's going to be up at six or seven in the morning. And then I do, you know, like last night and tonight where you don't get back to the room until like one in the morning. And that late show, I'm just dragging ass now because I'm used to being in bed at 9.30, you know? Well, I just switch my schedule. So like here, I'll stay up until when I get home. Like tonight, we'll do the show and I'll stay up. I won't get a lot of sleep before I have to fly home. So I'll sort of be tired. Then I'll gut it out. And as soon as my daughter goes to sleep, yeah. I go to sleep. And then I'm back on the schedule. Again. So through through your career have you ever had uh options and opportunities for like sitcoms or movies i have come down the pipe i have i've passed on some things yes i have i've had numerous opportunities for things that just it was the wrong time the wrong the wrong place network wise or it just didn't turn out as good as we thought or it didn't it didn't go further than just being a pilot or a shot or whatnot. And then I've done parts in movies where I was all right, but the, I mean, I was good, but the movie was not a big success. So that didn't lead to more movie yeah. stuff. And then I turned down things. There used to be a point of show business where if you wanted to try and act, you wouldn't then take a job as a host of a show. Like, a, yeah. you know, and then Craig Kilborn, or not Craig Kilborn, what's his name? From John the Stewart? No, from the the soup. Oh, uh, Hal Sparks? No, the guy before <laughs> Joe him. McHale? No, before oh. <laughs> him, the guy. Oh, Jesus! Oh, he was yeah, in that he was, movie was with Jack the... Nicholson, and they he had a little dog, and he was it's uh, that little. Oh, uh, Greg Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear was the host of a clip talk show. And then was he went the on first and one? was nominated for an Academy Award. Well, he wasn't the first one, but he's the biggest example of yeah. we're living in the world of you can do whatever you want. You can host an internet game show. You can be a reality yeah. TV star. You can do whatever, <laughs> and then you can get a part in a movie. And in fact, you get more famous from doing one thing. It helps you to do the other thing. But yeah. back in the day, it was like, oh, you should turn that down because you're going to do something else. And so I turned a few things down because of that, because that was the advice that I was getting also. Yeah. And... Um, now, in retrospect, I agree with you know. There's a, that saying that you don't regret what you did; you regret <laughs> yeah. what you didn't do. Yeah, you know, you know. Well, that's uh, the old Wayne Gretzky uh, quote. No, you, he's you, you always skate 100%. to where the puck is. He says he skates where the puck is going to be. No, his it wasn't his quote. Something like you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Well, I feel like that's bad <laughs> advice. Don't take every shot, <laughs> listeners. But if you're going to miss it, if you don't take it, so might as well take it. Well, you should, yes. In this case, <laughs> that in fact agrees with what I'm trying to say, yeah. but I don't think it's good general advice to like do everything <laughs> all the time. Like, your teammates are going to, every time they pass it to you, you shoot. But he's Like, Wayne don't Gretzky. throw the ball to Jake because he shoots no matter where he is. Jake, that's a three-quarter shot. <laughs> Court shot. I used to do that when I was in basketball mm-hmm. as a kid. Is any time I got the ball, I would shoot it, and like nine times out of ten, for whatever reason, it would go in. So my nickname on the basketball team was Radar. <laughs> this is a true story. I would just throw it, and it would go in like nine times out of ten. Well, you're a big, tall guy. Were you tall then when you were playing basketball? You know, I didn't hit the spurt till I was like fifteen or sixteen, and this one I was like 
nine mm-hmm. or ten playing basketball. Ten years old, named Radar, <laughs> nicknamed Radar. What went wrong? I don't know. I mean, where I don't know, did man. you play basketball? My dad and my brother were so disappointed in me because I didn't do anything in sports. And my my brother, uh, he had this like you know just fury inside of him that if he had my body and his wherewithal, like he would have been an NFL. So he's star. not big like you. No. He, How tall uh, are you? I am six seven, and he yes, was five big. foot ten. And you're thick. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have made a perfect like, you know, offensive tackle or something like that. But I just I couldn't deal with the discipline of it. <laughs> the first practice, they were like, "All right, start running. We'll tell you when to stop." And I got like ten feet, and I was like, "Fuck it, <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna stop. Here. I'm gonna stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go." Wait, how tall is your brother? Else. Uh, he's passed away now, but he was uh, 5'10". 5'10". Wow, so major height difference. Yeah. Do what, do, can I ask what happened to him? On uh, the podcast? We're still on the yeah. podcast. He, uh, he had depression, so he... Uh, oh. Yeah. Actually, yesterday was the, was the two-year anniversary, so it was... Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. You know, it was a big shock to all of us. Uh, yeah, you know... But you, you kind of deal with it and move on, you know. But uh, Well, yeah, you don't great, have a choice, do yeah, you? Yeah, he was a great guy. But, uh, yeah, he used to give me shit every day about not being a football player to the point that I felt so guilty about it that when I went to the University of Minnesota, I actually went to the football office and I was like, you know, can I try out for the team? <laughs> and the guy goes... That's not really how this works. Like University of Minnesota. Like, can I try <laughs> yeah. out? I've not played any high school football. Zero. It's a major top <laughs> university where they're drafting everybody. Like, you could get a walk on if you were already somebody they knew about who just happened to have chosen their school. The look on that guy's face was right. I like though, but I'm sure it was a Midwestern thing where he's got to explain it to you, like. As if you walked into Congress and said, "Would I? Would it be all right if I filled out an application to be president?" So I'm kind of looking to throw my hat into the senators' game. Yeah, how do I seems, go about that? I have no idea how this all gets figured out, but I do. I watched the news today, and it looked like I I could give a speech as good as that guy. I mean, I'm a comedian. Oh, I have a lot of experience That's talking. That's what I did. I can't believe it. <laughs> can I, can I try out? And he, but he let you down easy. Like, yeah. well, that's not really the way it works. The truth is, even if I got the audition, I wouldn't know what to do. And it's pro- it's not called, it's a it tryout, it not an a, audition. Yeah, but you would have had to immediately. Would have been, yeah, you can try out, but yeah. let's see what you can bench press or yeah. how fast you can run. And you're like, I don't do any of that shit. I don't work out. I'm not. I'm just big. Can't you use a big guy yeah, somewhere? I could I be like? Is there a <laughs> is there a job where I just stand places How and about, get in people's can you, way? Can't you just <laughs> there is, but that's a skill position. You know, you have to be strong. Guy, guy who gets in people's way. <laughs> Look how big I am. Then does he call a guy out from the back? Like I got a, I got a guy as big as you who's all muscle. <laughs> I know, it was like the stupidest idea I ever had, but I got so guilty. I was like, I need to try, you know? Yeah. I've been given this gigantic frame, and I'm not doing anything with it, sports-wise. 
But yeah, yeah. I didn't play basketball or football or any of that stuff. I just I just didn't have the mentality for it or the I wasn't a big sports guy either. either. I didn't care. Down. I don't like that kind of I don't like that competition. It still bugs me. I don't like it. And I don't like it in in show business either. I don't like that yeah. feeling of like if I if it's one of if it's a you have to compete to get something. It's like I don't want to do that. I just want I want to do what I want to do what I do and then be judged. If the audience likes it, then I want to be able to get yeah. the next thing. And that's not the way show business works now. Anyway, we got to promote ourselves. Well, I'm doing a podcast, and I was told that if I did your podcast, that I would, you know, advance to the next level. Mine? Of show business. Yes. Was going to push of, you to the. A lot. I, that's what I was told. I heard a rumor My that. My 65 downloads a week. This podcast, push you over the top. it turns out, is the gateway to a, a development deal to, at uh, CBS. To Houston. Mm-hmm. Or to that, to yes. <laughs> to the, what's it called? The Joke Joint Showcase? Joke Joint Showcase. Yeah. I had I, a, I'm uh, always not, I'm not sure of the name when I say Joke Joint Showcase because Joke Joint seems like enough. Yeah. See, uh, I, I feel like the club before it was something showcase. Like it might not have been the or last Or it was just stop. the Joke Joint and they said, look, this isn't just a show. Joke ja- Joint. <laughs> It's a showcase, well, okay? Well, he's got another this club. This isn't like a bunch of jackasses coming in here just telling jokes. This is a showcase. It's a primo kind of a place where there's a vetting process. We choose who gets up there on that stage. Well, he has another club in Minneapolis it's called not The like... Joke Joint. So I feel like they had to put the showcase on it. Well, so... what can you imagine if you bought tickets to the Minneapolis club and then it turned out that you actually had to get a plane ticket and a hotel room to fly to Houston to do your show? I don't think you need to make that. You can have two clubs. I think you clubs. have to have that distinction. There's improvs everywhere, and they're all just the improv. You know, that is that is true. They're um, all funny bones. They're all improvs. Yeah. They're just different cities. Last I... night, there was a guy on the show... <laughs> Are we going to talk about this guy? Well, because I, I, I had just, a long chat with him after the show. I had a deja vu moment with him. He seemed like a very nice guy to me. Was he nice when you talked to him? He was, but he he had, was on the show. It was the Friday Late Show at a at a comedy club yeah. that was a it's a classy comedy is, club, yeah. even though it's called a joint. It's upper a lot of joints, isn't it? Morty's joint, <laughs> yeah. Morty? Morty's comedy joint, yeah. But uh, he was on because he had won. A, it was a comedy competition. He won the thing. open mic. He won the open mic. <laughs> That's what they said. Winning the open mic is. So you know what he like... told me after the show? He said when he did the open mic, they were laughing so hard at him that he had to stop and wait for them to finish so he could do his next joke. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that happens. That's how we, you, that, I do. You have to pause sometimes, but. I get that, but winning an open mic is like winning. Hey, I won the part of the hotel room where you get free shampoo. I won that. I don't understand. Like, everywhere you go now, like the open mics and the showcases, they're part of some giant contest. Like, I just remember going to the Monday night thing at the comedy club and doing time, and that was it. Well, that's the way it used to work, but now I don't know. Maybe it's audiences or people. I think that's a mistake. I don't think that's what. Is people it like want. the participation trophy type of thing? Like you can't just no. Go it's people do want something. there to be a winner. They want there to be like I need to know who's the best of all of these guys that I just saw. And it's just like, well, why don't you just decide in your little secret heart, it just doesn't make and your brain, sense. and write down on a piece of paper who your favorite was, and then go see that guy again. Why do we all have to vote yeah. and decide who the best is? Because the best is different for everybody. I did. Uh, I went. I went to. Uh, do you know Wisconsin Dells? Yeah. Heard of that place? 
I went there with my nephew and my sister a couple summers ago, and we stayed at one of those big resorts, and in the game room, they had a giant crane machine that was about the size of, like, that side of the room, and in it were these giant uh, inflatable balls that were all different neon colors, and it just was interesting to me, like, when we were there, because there was two types of kids all week. You were the kid who had a ball, or you were a kid that didn't have one of these balls and you would go downstairs and every night there'd be a line of like 50 kids waiting to play this giant crane machine to try to get one of these giant inflatable balls and it's just a ball just a ball cash but value of the ball would you estimate less nickel than... i don't even know but it's a dollar a play oh my god but it just it drove me crazy because like people, kids were making fun of the kids that didn't have the ball, and like taunting them because they had a ball, and I was just like, "What? Where? Where do we live? Like, this well, is a how thing. we've lost our minds. Where's the person who's like, <laughs> those balls cost a nickel, and you're paying a dollar a time, and it takes you ten times to get one. Yeah, everyone with a ball is a dumbass." <laughs> Everyone without a ball is less of a dumbass because <laughs> yes. you haven't spent enough money. You haven't wasted enough of your money for that stupid ball. Where's the person who says that? Does that <laughs> have those kids? Do we need these kids to listen to this podcast? <laughs> if you're listening so. to this, put the crane down. <laughs> get away from that. I just, I didn't get it. And I, t- I, t- I was on a, like a political uh, morning show promoting a comedy thing. And they <laughs> they said it was surprising that that was happening because they would have thought that government would come in and just make sure that all the kids had balls and shut the shut the crane machine down like you would check in and you would just get your ball how that level of social commentary (laughs) i just i'm so exasperated with these dumbasses that we've got arguing on tv about politics it's like okay i get it both sides are idiots politics is a ridiculous thing But the only thing more ridiculous than these stupid politicians are the dumbasses who didn't get elected to anything who are getting paid to argue about it on TV. That's Those are the people who... First, we need to fire them. Yes. Then we need to start working on the politicians. What's, what's your affiliation? How do you mean? Are you a Democrat, Republican? I'm not going to identify with either one of them. I would say I vote liberal more often than I vote conservative because... I feel like I'm trying to come from a compassionate place about helping people who need help. But I do understand the other side of like, geez, you, you give people a handout and all you do is teach them to, yeah. to to try and get handouts. I do get that. But there's got to be some... I, I just don't have the stomach to walk by yeah. starving sick people in the streets and not want to help them. Yeah. I don't have the stomach to be that like these freeloaders, assholes, are sucking our pockets dry I do get I don't want to have to pay someone else for them to be able to survive but I just don't have the stomach to walk by sick people on the streets but that's just my opinion I don't need to hear someone who's not me arguing with someone else who's not me <laughs> on TV that doesn't help why me to, dis- to change my opinion that's what I want to know why are we watching this dumbass when they're talking about minimum wage that's the one that gets me yeah you got the guy who thinks that we should raise the minimum wage and then you got the guy who thinks we don't need to raise the minimum wage and they're both talking about people who work for minimum wage. It's just like, hey, these people who work for minimum wage can talk. Yeah. You know, they don't, they're not like moron cave grunt people. 
you could actually get someone on TV who is trying to survive on the minimum wage and ask them what their life is like and then decide what wow. you think about it after that. That wouldn't make much sense to CNN. No, why would you have someone who's actually experiencing the thing <laughs> that you're having a giant argument about? Why would you actually ask one of those people what they think? And now we're going to Bob, who works for minimum wage. It sucks shit. Oh, it's right. terrible. <laughs> I can't earn a living. I got a kid. I can't feed him. I try. I busted my ass. I used to have a better job, but now I got this shitty job, and it doesn't pay enough. I and then what don't. are you going to say to them? Then you, you got to say right to that guy's face, hey, well, fuck you. You wish you could get a better job, but you can't. So this is the job you can get. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And Why fuck them all? <laughs> fuck your baby? That seems direct and harsh. Well, tell your baby to get a job if she wants to eat or he. Oh, man. This has been fun. I think we, uh, I think we hit the mark. This has been fun. Up. I know I got all cranky <laughs> at the end of the podcast. No, it's all man, cranky, this was, and I don't. I hope I didn't so strike a nerve because here. you may be one of these guys who's on no. minimum wage. You, you know, the thing that always uh, is interesting to me is the argument about the raising taxes for the rich people. You know, the arguments on both sides because maybe I'm just an idiot and I don't understand the argument. But the one side argues like if you raise their taxes then the people that make all that money will start paying for more of the shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But if if you do that, then they need to cut back to because their taxes are going up, so they're going to not employ as many people as they were because their taxes are going up. So it's actually losing jobs. Well, I mean, you can fuck people until they're tired of it. <laughs> But so if these rich people, I think well, they're going to be the title of this podcast. <laughs> you you can, can fuck people till they're tired of it. No. <laughs> but so these rich people, I feel like we got a lot more fucking with them than we could do before they're tired of it. I don't think I don't think Bill Gates is just going to give up when you go, we're raising your tax 10 percent. He's not going to go. That's it. No more computers. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, and uh, on the other hand, I think the people who are trying to survive on minimum wage we fuck them about as hard yeah. as we can do. They're just yes. about ready to go, look, I'm going to eat your dog. <laughs> I just feel like if we gave the money back to the rich people in the anticipation that they're going to put it back into America with more jobs, like that seems like an idiotic assumption. That's what pussies do. We're not pussies. <laughs> yeah. We're gangsters. Give yeah. us the fucking money, rich people. <laughs> Write us a check, bitch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good place Man, to, to we really wrap. work. We really work through it. Are you excited for the two shows tonight? Yeah, I am. Your stuff is great, man. I'm so excited that I got Your to do this week. Your stuff is great. Man. I'm enjoying ah, watching it. Yeah, come on. Shut that face. All right. Yeah, we're both in show <laughs> Say more good things. And tonight we're going to prove it. <laughs> well, Jake, thank you so much. Uh, do you want to promote... Your podcast yeah, to the listen, 10 people that are listening Hello, to this. thank you for listening this long. I hope I've not enraged you. But, I will uh, never see him. Whatever guy. opinions you think I hold, I don't hold them that strongly. Um, I would love it if you wanted to listen to my podcast. It's called the Jake This of Jake Johansson Podcast. So you could just chi- type Jake This into your whatever you type things into, and you'll find out about my website and my CDs and my podcast. And then I would appreciate it if you would subscribe and follow all of those things so it makes at least it makes it seem like i'm popular even if you don't like it 
you had a good time listening to this, didn't you? Or you would have stopped. So could you please go and give me a favorable review on iTunes? It's not going to take that much of your time. I'm not. It's not like I'm asking you to raise the minimum wage. Help a brother out. What are they trying to raise it to? Isn't it like a dollar or something? Well, they're always talking about a dollar. I, I don't know. We, raising it a dollar, I mean. But yeah. when you think about just... I mean, I cannot even imagine living on the minimum wage. You know, it does seem ridiculous. And then they talk about I think what is it eight, eighteen thousand dollars a year, or is something that like even that. More than that. Well, the media there's there's some kind of the poverty level of for a family of four is under. I think I want to say it's around forty grand, forty, fifty grand oh, a year for a family. Of, that's poverty. Like two in two incomes, and that's four people trying to survive on that. And I just feel like, you know, I hate to sound like an entitled rich guy, but, uh, man, I, I'd have to really, I'd have to move to a different city. <laughs> I could not live, forget about my house, that's yeah. over. I'd have to move to a different city. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I, I think, you know, the dollar stores are, are probably helping people out a little bit. I think the, with the I don't mean to drag this on, but... I think the fun. I'd like to get your take on this because I think the strangest okay, thing. It's not about, over. It's not over, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You thought it this was is over. Bonus track. Yeah. Uh, this will come on after the credits. Uh-huh. Uh, it just always surprised me when I walk around the dollar store to see how many companies make shitty, shittier versions of products. You know, like there's Bounty, and there's Sparkle, and all these big companies that make paper towels and then there's this other company called paper towels <laughs> yeah makes. well and then yes and those are a nickel <laughs> the generic version and sometimes they're terrible like how do you screw up a paper towel how do you make a paper towel that won't soak things up but you can get them they exist that's what i'm saying like what what is that business plan where some guy sits down and he goes listen i want to take on coca-cola but I only got 40 bucks. <laughs> so what are we going to do here? Yeah. Well, the off-brand colas. I was... Paper towels. We don't use paper towels because my wife is a big environment-saving person. She's got oh, a lot of crazy. Uh, so we're all about... Reusable uh, towels. Pa- cloth towels or rags. Well, that's good. Uh, yeah. And I'm amazed at how few times you really... There are times where you spill something that's just like, I don't... I can't wipe that up with a towel. I need... It's I too awful. I need to get a paper towel. There's a, that happens a few times, but not many times per year. Even you get an old, a couple of old t-shirts, and you, you know, you oh, wipe things up, idea. you wring them out, yeah. you hang them over a chair outside. Oh, They're dry. You do them again. I, you throw them in the wash every yeah, once in a while. You're like all set. This. I like the idea. Yeah. Hopefully, my wife won't listen to this because I feel like we'll be done with paper towels because she's that way too. Do you love paper? Oh, listen. I love paper towels. She hates paper towels. Yeah. Well, like, that's yeah. how it is at our house. I don't. Yeah. I. I mean, I would use them. I. I would use them more than we use them. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm doing a lot of things. Selectasizers are nice, or you can just take a scrip of it. You know, you don't have to get the full. You can get it's perforated in it. smaller yeah. little bits. Yeah. Yeah. I what think. a breakthrough. They finally realized we can run that perforator thing a little more often than people can decide. And they call it selecticize because tiny ass towels would, nobody wants that. Look, you can only get a little, it's only three inches wide. Well, no, you just take four of them and then you got a regular size towel. Jake, I can't tell you how, how amazing this was to have you on here, man. It's 
it's I enjoyed it. Well, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, I guess that's it. Like okay. Well, I want to have you on my podcast, but I have to take a nap. Okay. Well, so we'll have to do it our next the next time we meet our sir. next adventure. It's I got a feeling it's going to be soon now. <laughs> Is it? Well, now I that know. I know your address, I don't know your house. This is my exact address. 20, you're in Minneapolis, twenty five Beach Lane. <laughs> you're in Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Well, let's. When are you? Are you going to be at the joke joint? <laughs> I I'm going to be at Acme in February. But, oh, all right. Um, before then, I'm going to um, do this other uh, gig. I think in town. So, just let me know, man. All right. I'll we can let's. Answer. This all is right. over, right? Let, I'm going to cut it. <laughs> And there it was. So just uh, another special thanks to Jake Johansson for doing my podcast. Um, check out Jake This. Uh, that's his podcast, his website, his Twitter. It's all consolidated into one quick phrase. So that should help you check out his stuff and uh, and definitely go see him live when he's in your city. Um, he's one of the funniest comedians I've ever worked with, so get out there support him and uh if you like the podcast uh it's on itunes podbean unbridled enthusiasm my website's uh, largedrunkman.com i just updated all my dates for the rest of the year so check it out if i'm going to be in your area and uh yeah thanks again for tuning in and tune in next time when we talk about who knows